We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Roto Grinders World Roto World DFS Pick Six. I'm Eric Crane. Hope you all had a good week one. Let's get kicking for week two, though. I'm glad to be here. Nick Vincita, what's up, man? How we doing? What's going on, Craner? It's good to see you again. Yeah, you hot too, as hell man. in here in uh, St. Louis. Oh, dude, it's so dumb, man. Like it's, I mean, you, I can't even go outside. Like the heat index was like 98 today. It's just, it's absurd. This is all right. This is September. I played golf yesterday, and I just like sweat through like my shorts completely by like the ninth hole, and I was just like sitting in sweat all day long. Did you bring like the extra pair of shorts so you don't have to like carry 20 pounds extra with you? Nah, nah. Nah, that's not good. That's not good. You gotta cl- you gotta carry an extra pair. John Dagle, I know you're carrying that extra pair of shorts, right? I'm carrying something because I'm the only person that one is not sick on this video cast and two doesn't have blues gear. I fully expect you to send me something from St. Louis. I got you. We got the Roto Grinders party here in about five months or so. We will find you a Stanley Cup hat. Don't worry, man. I will gladly wear it because I won't be wearing it for the Star Stanley Cup. So, (laughs) Hey, you guys were close, man. Stars was the best that team that gave the blues the toughest series out there i gotta give you props man you gave us the 49ers defense last week and they came through and here you come on twitter just doing a little victory laugh <laughs> i'm like uh congratulations to be, fair, 
to be fair, it wasn't a public victory lap. I'm actually completely opposed to those. It was a direct to Eric Crane victory lap. It worked because I didn't have a damn piece of them. <laughs> it was just a disaster. Like I, I won money on the main slate and on the late slate, I did went like oh for three hundred. Yeah. I just because I, I just locked in Jameis, and that was obviously just like a disaster. I mean, we talked about McCaffrey and 49ers defense. I feel that's a good start to week one. <laughs> well, we're going to keep crushing it in week two. So let's go ahead and get to the games. Of course, we got three games, three tops to talk about. First one we're going to talk about, it's a couple teams that put up a lot of points over the weekend. Kansas City at Oakland, total of 52. The Chiefs, seven and a half point favorites on the road. Excuse me, Nick, let's talk about this Chiefs team. Obviously, Tyreek Hill, he's going to miss a month or two. And that means that not only is Sammy Watkins, who absolutely went nuts in week one, is he going to be the number one wide receiver against a team that has nobody that can stop him. But it also means that Miko Hardman is going to step into a role that's going to be really beneficial to roster him. So talk to me about this Chiefs offense. Yeah, Watkins price, priced accordingly now. 7400 on Fandle, uh, wide receiver nine for this matchup against the Raiders. Uh, we saw Cortland Sutton just doing work against this Raiders secondary last week on Monday night. Um, it's going to be a short week for the Raiders coming off an emotional win against the Broncos. Uh, man, where to go with these Chiefs? I mean, Kelsey, Watkins, Mahomes. I mean, you can't play all these dudes unless you're just uh, going stars and scrubs. I mean, you could do that with McCall Hardman, like you said, 4,700 on FanDuel. Awesome play there, I think, like – especially on Fandle where touchdowns count a little more than receptions on the PPR side at DraftKings. You're just hoping for a, a bomb to Hardman at 4,700. So I like him for tournaments a lot. Um, it's just Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy are both relatively cheap on Fandle as well. They're, they're 57 or 59 and 5,800 wide receiver or running back 28 and 29. So I like both those guys in this, in this spot as well. Yeah. What the I problem love- is I never know which guy to play, John, you know, when I look at these running backs. What I, between the running backs, I think it's tough. I think we have LaShawn McCoy cut even closer into Damian Williams' snaps and touch count this week. But as for the receivers on the Chiefs, what I love most about McCall Hardman this week is that he has no data for people to chase, so they may be scared. He has no air yards because it's, he dropped his one target behind the line of scrimmage. But that's not how he's going to be used. He played 53 of 59 snaps for the Chiefs just last week. And now he's going against a Raiders defense that may be short their top corner, Garyon Conley, and also just lost Abram for their, and their secondary for the rest of the season. So uh, I love, love Hardman this week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I really hope that when people look at Miko Hardman, they get a little bit of sticker shock because you would think with a guy that hasn't necessarily been doing it yet in the NFL, he would be priced for cheaper than 4800 over on DK. But Nick, at that price tag, I hope it scares some people off. I'm not sure it will. Either way, I'm going to have a lot of them. Yeah, people that aren't watching these shows, reading a lot of content, they're they're gonna gloss over Michael Hardman completely. I mean, they're gonna see that like like Daigle was saying, that empty stat line, that zero 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 line across. Like Daigle mentioned, he played over ninety percent of the snaps after Tyreek Hill got hurt. So any dude part of this offense playing against a terrible defense like the Raiders, I mean, I'm gonna be all over that. And like like we said, he's super cheap. It's it's an easy easy way to access this Chiefs offense. Mahomes actually involves game theory as well on DraftKings because he's the highest priced quarterback right above everyone's favorite Lamar Jackson this week. And I love Lamar Jackson against the Cardinals this week. But if there's anyone that can match his ceiling, it's obviously Mahomes, who everyone then won't jump up one spot to pay for. So it's also like a terrific spot to grab Mahomes at lower ownership in tournaments. 
Yeah, I perfectly feel fine that like I'm just going to load up on Mahomes. That's what I did last week. Absolutely. Well. This is what I, that's what I'm going to do again this week. I have no problem with that. On the Raiders side, things get a little bit trickier because of course this Chiefs team they sort of held Jacksonville down. Litter Fournette did nothing. D.D. Westbrook got there late, but. I mean, the Jacks pretty much all their points came in garbage time, as far as I'm concerned, at least the ones that matter for fantasy. Now you get an Oakland Raiders team coming off a big win. They don't need any Antonio Brown. They have Tyrell Williams. They have Darren Waller. And Nick, I don't know about you, but I'm buying this Raiders offense. Yeah, I mean, the slate came out before the the Raiders game. So it, it was huge for pricing. Derek Carr is super cheap, 6,600 on FanDuel. He's like QB 20. Um, the Chiefs annually under Andy Reid face a ton of opponent plays because their offense is so efficient. So opposing quarterbacks get a ton of, a ton of attempts. So more attempts equals more chance for fancy points. And then in turn, Kansas state defense as well is on that, on that same, on that same level. So we we're going to want to play them against the Raiders offense, but you can also look at these guys. I mean, Tyra Williams is super cheap on, on FanDuel had a couple of deep bombs against uh, the Broncos. Darren Waller played every snap. He's, uh, 5,400 on FanDuel. Josh Jacobs scored two touchdowns in a true workhorse role. Um, you want guys like that in your in your lineup. They're super cheap that play a ton of snaps, get a ton of the a ton of the offenses uh, balls coming their way. So, I mean, I like all these guys on FanDuel. It's like yeah, you said. Go ahead, oh, go ahead, Eric. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to throw to you, so go for it, man. Oh, no. I, I was just thinking, it's like you said, they didn't get the Monday bump. So that's why everyone's so cheap. So you can and should stuff them in your cash games, especially because Derek Carr's splits his last two games at home against the Chiefs, 29 of 38, 285 and three scores, 29 of 52, 417 and three scores. Um, it is a terrific game stacking opportunity that we have here but again because everyone will go in that direction that leaves huge leverage in tournaments to look elsewhere yeah okay so when I'm looking at this Raiders offense you know obviously Leonard Fournette was really chalky last week are we going back to Josh Jacobs are we going back to the running back against the Chiefs this week John from a price standpoint I mean on DraftKings we have a basically a workhorse back who's 4,700 it's there's there's all the reason in the world to go back to that, especially in cash games. It's, it's almost a lock. He's so valuable. But tournaments, it's going to shake out to injuries because perhaps we can get Matt Breida if uh, or without Tevin Coleman, depending on if Jeff Wilson gets called up from the practice squad later this week at a similar price, as well as Giovanni Bernard if we get him at a similar price if Joe Mixon's out. So, Nick, where are you looking at with the Raiders? Are you looking at, you know, because you play a lot on FanDuel, and FanDuel, obviously, these guys are even cheaper. So, where are you looking at with this Oakland team? Are you looking at Josh Jacobs? I think if I was going to pick one guy from this team to, to play, it would probably be Tyrell Williams. I mean, he, he's just too cheap for his lofty, lofty upside in this spot. I mean, we saw DJ Chark score a long touchdown against the Chiefs last week. Uh, uh, Chris Conley had six catches for 97 yards as a touchdown. Both those guys play outside, and Tyrell Williams runs most of his routes on the outside against these cornerbacks for the Chiefs. I mean, if I was going to pick one guy, it would definitely be Tyrell Williams because he's he's 5,900 in this glorious spot. Speaking of glorious, Nick, let's talk about the Darren Waller game the other day. Is is Darren Waller like – everybody loves the guy now, and I'm kind of with everybody. I've got a lot of him best ball. Are you going to be playing a lot of Waller in this spot? It would it would just have to be some way where I, where I don't get up to Kelsey at 8,000 on FanDuel and obviously Waller played 100% of the snaps last week. Saw a team my eight targets was – 
featured in the offense was getting out for him. Derek Carr loves to throw the ball in the short areas of the field, doesn't take chances deep. So, well, at 5,400, if, if I, if some reason I don't get up to Kelsey, he would probably be the one I would come down to. Yeah, it's weird because, John, I look at the tight ends in this game, and it's possible that my entire tight end pool is going to come from Kansas City and Oakland, and that feels weird to say out loud. I agree with you, but also if you look at the pricing on tight ends on DraftKings, it's actually just a joke. You have Hawkinson at 3K. You have a Darren Waller $300 ahead of him at 3300 uh, You have Delaney Walker at a really good game at 3500 Mark Andrews at 3800 The list goes on and on and on. Um, the pricing on DK for tight ends, it does vary, so you can get leverage there. But, yeah, it's going to be Kelsey or Waller most likely or bust for me. Yeah, I'm. I look, guys. I'm probably. I'm not playing two tight ends in the same lineup, but I sure as no. hell gonna have a lot of those two guys. All right, let's move on to the Saints and Rams. It is our highest total of the week. Total of fifty four. The Rams are three point favorites at home. And John, I'm gonna start with you on this one. What the hell do we do with Todd Gurley? What? So it's funny because he did run out of bounds and fall down a couple times to avoid his knee getting hit. But he led in Pro Football Focus's yards after contact for attempts. And he looked extremely explosive. Like, I did not expect that at all. Um, it's a matter of if you're buying into the fact that Malcolm Brown is that inside the 10 and red zone guy. And I do believe, like, once they recovered a fumble inside the 10, they put Malcolm Brown in. And he scored his other touchdown inside the 10 on the entire drive. He stayed ahead of Gurley the entire drive. But Todd Gurley so explosive, especially in this matchup that the Saints just got eaten alive by Duke Johnson and, of all people, Carlos Hyde, that uh, it is kind of – I don't mind playing him at all, although I still am slightly skeptical. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical too. And it, it, this feels like it's just going to be maddening throughout the season. I feel like, Nick, that no matter what I do with Gurley, I'm going to be wrong. Where do you stand with Todd Gurley? The good thing is, I mean, last year we were, we were seeing him on field over 9,000 like every week. He's at 7,000 now. So you, they're factoring in the, the, that missed t- those missed touchdowns last week. And, I mean, like Dago was saying, I think Malcolm Brown was in the game when they scored those touchdowns. I mean, it's not like they subbed him in for that one of them. So if Gurley can break a long run, and, and the, the Saints gave up over 7.5 yards per carry to Texans backs last week, like Dago said, so. This is going to be a shootout. Um, I expect them to unleash uh, Gurley in front of the home crowd. Um, I expect, he outsnapped Malcolm Brown 53 to 21 last week. It's not like he didn't, he, he like split snaps down the middle or anything like that. He, he was in the game a ton. So I, I like him as a tournament play in this spot. I'm, I'm not going to run him out there and cash, but as a tournament play in, the, in this game, you got to love it. So, and, John, what, go ahead. Uh, and without McCaffrey on this slate, like it's really Kamara, and then it leaves you open options for that second spot. Um, Saquon Barkley, who's in a bad match- matchup against the Bills. Elliott, who supposedly will split carries again in a 60-40 role with Tony Pollard, at least for one more week. I don't believe that for a second, for what it's worth. It was 13 carries for Pollard. He did outscore Frank Gore to all the... <laughs> I mean, that's... But what I, I, I'm pretty sure why, you why should I be happy about that. You outscored Frank Gore, didn't you? My ass was right here, and I outscored Frank Gore. Yeah, I mean, it's – hey, you got it, man. So, I don't know. Like, Todd Gurley's your second back. There is a position there for him. Okay, so let's talk about the passing game because, obviously, we know Jared Goff, big-time home road splits, and he's going to be going against a Saints team that I don't really expect their – respect their pass defense. So, John, what do you think about Jared Goff and the pass catchers here? 
Yeah, I think it's good to go back to Jared Goff in tournaments this week, especially because he looked so horrendous last year. Um, This is a matchup I'm not concerned about for him, especially, as you said, his home splits are tremendous compared to his road splits. His home splits, especially with Cooper Cup on the field, who did look a tad slower coming off torn ACL, but still uh, caught the ball and was used heavily. So uh, I like him quite a bit. It's just a matter of who are we going to pair with him. Yeah, that's one of my problems always with the Rams because I never know, is it going to be Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks? Is it going to be Cooper Cup or is it just going to be thrown to the backside of the backfield? I know we saw Tyler Higbee get in the box. Nick, where are you going with this uh, Rams offense? Yeah, I like off a lot. Um, like you guys are all said, his home road splits completely favor him big time at home. He threw 22 touchdowns at home last, last season to 10 on the road. So he lights it up in, in the Coliseum. And, and who I'm looking to pair him with is probably Robert Woods. I mean, we always kind of – undersell this guy every year um led the rams and targets with 13 uh, last week led the team in air yards even got a couple carries he always seems to get these jet sweep carries and he'll get those in the red zone too i mean in the scoring area they'll give him the ball on handoff so i like woods a lot in this spot i mean he's the most expensive on fanduel fanduel for a good reason um brandon cook's revenge game against the saints uh I mean, you can't go wrong with any of these guys i think but i think robert woods would be the guy i'm leaning with plus you can always get the brandon cook's revenge game Never doubt the revenge game. We saw it with Djax last week. I'm ready to see it with uh, Brandon Cooks this week. On the Saints side, of course, they great game against the Texans. They come back winning that game. And the Saints, you mentioned Alvin Kamara earlier, John. And, I mean, we just saw what Christian McCaffrey did to this Rams team. I don't see any reason to fade Kamara here. Absolutely not. I think he's almost a mandatory play in cash games. Uh, as, as we talked about, Barkley's matchup, who's priced higher than him on DraftKings, Elliott's matchup, and pending what you think, uh, Crane and I are clearly against one another on that one. But either way, Kamara, I believe, is the top back on this entire slate. Uh, for tournaments, if you want to try and leverage Latavius Murray, who I still think has more in the tank, I don't think they used him as much as they're going to down the stretch um, on Monday night. But yeah, it's Kamara all the way here. Yeah, and, you know, I like, Nick, when I look at Alvin Kamara in this spot, especially seeing what Christian McCaffrey just just did, like, he's one of these guys that's going to be chalky, and I don't give a damn. Like, yeah. I'm just playing Alvin Kamara, Nick. I agree with both of you guys, but I'm curious why Diggle seems to think Barkley's matchup is so bad. I mean, this guy's playing at a game with a two-point two spread uh, at home. I mean, I know the defense is tough, but they just – Le'Veon Bell scored a touchdown against him last week. Barkley's going to be in there for every snap. He's going to probably – flirt with 30 to 35 touches i mean it's hard, it's hard to say this guy's in a bad spot but anyway i like uh kamara is the definite cash game play but i also like latavius like Diggo was saying i think eight touches last week was going to be his floor for the season and then the saints last year t- typically they like to go a little run heavier on the road hide drew Brees a little bit who has those home road splits i mean he's coming out of those a little bit in recent years but they try to hide him a little bit more on the road um i think murray could flirt with 14 15 touches in this game uh obvious comes in on goal line situations he could come in and score two touchdowns anytime he's out there so I like him in tournaments on FanDuel the old contrarian Kamara and uh, Latavius team I like it what about the passing game John we talked about Drew Brees obviously he's not as good on the road but Michael Thomas he's about as matchup proof as it gets I don't give a damn where he's playing I want some Michael Thomas I think you can run Kamara and Thomas out there despite Drew Brees' road splits the past couple seasons. Uh, You know he's going to get the targets. You know he's the primary option. Um, I do think Jared Cook gets slightly more involved in this game, but I think Thomas is one of the the top options, clear-cut, this slate. 
All right. Anybody else that we're missing? I mean, you know, Traquan Smith, are we interested there at all? This doesn't really feel like a Traquan spot. I like him when he's under the dome. Um, what are we missing? Anybody here, John? I would say Jared Cook is the only one just to run back. If you, if you thought before week one he was going to be involved more in the offense, which I do, um, as we know, the best way to gain a contrarian edge in these slates is to stack ancillary, ancillary pieces in the highest total. So uh, I, I think Jared Cook's one I'm, I'll be looking at as well. Anybody Greg, mm-hmm. Greg Olson saw nine targets against the Rams last week. Uh, they, play, they seem to give up points to tight end. So I like that call for, for Cook. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Seattle at Pittsburgh. A total of 46 and a half Pittsburgh, four and a half point favorites at home. And they've got to be feeling good about being favorites since they just got embarrassed against the Patriots. There are going to be a lot of teams that get embarrassed by the Patriots this year, but uh, that was an absolute whipping. So, Nick, let's talk about this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Obviously, coming off a big time loss, James Conner, Juju Smith Schuster. I expect Juju to be fine. What do you think about this Pittsburgh offense? I'm liking this bounce back spot, man. Uh, this, this Seattle secondary. Boy, uh, Trey Flowers on one side. Uh, their safety game is just so much worse without Earl Thomas in the back end. Shaq Griffin played pretty decently, but I don't even think he's honestly that good on on one, on the other side. So Andy Dalton, 418 yards last week in Seattle. Now we got Seattle traveling cross country for a 1 p.m. Eastern start, so 10 a.m. West Coast time, early start for them. Definitely like to hit on hit on Ben Roethlisberger at 7,600 on FanDuel. His price is severely depressed. Uh, James Conner, workhorse, played over 80%, handled over 80% of the running back touches last week, 7,700. Juju, I assume he's going to play through that toe issue, uh, 8,100 on Fandle. I mean, I like all these guys to bounce back in this spot. Yeah, and we talk about guys that always play better at home. Ben Roethlisberger, very clearly that, and I like Ben a lot this week. And obviously, I'm pairing him up with Juju. I'm pairing him up with Vance. John, what do you think about this Pittsburgh offense? I also like Dante Moncrief to pair him up with. Uh, 10 targets, four drops. He just, he went down with the entire offense. Did he look bad? Yes, I totally understand. But he has been the number two all off season. He was the number two receiver all training camp. And Ryan Switzer, they used, he ran more routes than James Washington, who got all the air yards on limited usage. But I think Moncrief, as an every down guy, is another one to go right back to. Okay, and Mike so, Tomlin said uh, his, his snaps aren't in danger after that like disastrous week one performance. So, so we can, I think we can confidently run him back out there in tournaments, especially. So Mike Tomlin just straight up hates Dwayne Washington, right? <laughs> or James Washington. He might hate Dwayne Washington, but I'm sure he <laughs> definitely hates James Washington. Well, hates everyone named Washington. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't like Washington, D.C. He doesn't like George Washington. <laughs> not a fan of him. Like, it's just not good if you're named Washington around James Tomlin. Let's talk about the Seattle side. Chris Carson. Absolute stud last week. Caught a bunch of balls. Had just a big-time fantasy day. Two touchdowns, about 80 combined total yards. Let's take a look at the Seattle offense. Nick, where do you like with Seattle? I like to go back to Tyler Lockett in this spot, man. Uh, he run. He ran a bunch of his – a good amount of his routes out of the slot last week. Um, only saw that one target, but turned it into a 44-yard touchdown. And the Steelers – have always, for some reason, loved to cover their slot, the opposing slot receivers with with linebackers. And then they have this starting safety, Cameron Kelly, who was in the AAF earlier this year yes, and, was, and was a wide receiver in the AAF. So it's, it's starting at safety in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, oh, man, I think it's Tyler Lockett, huge bounce back week. He's got to play through this. And I, I, showed, I saw he popped up on the injury report today with some back issue, but I expect he'll play through that. I mean, but, I mean, awesome, awesome stack with Russell Wilson in this spot. Yeah, and there's no way Lockett's popular. 
after, no, after no, 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 yeah. Way, John. So are you going on the Tyler Lockett train as well? Oh, absolutely. Like he is your premier game stacking option if you try to run out a Steelers game stack. Uh, he even came out after the game. There was that quote that he's never been doubled and bracketed in his life, and that's how the Steelers tra- – that's how uh, the B- Bengals treated him last week. And if you look at his route chart from NFL.com next stats, next-gen stats – Wilson didn't even go to the right side of the field because they basically box lock it in. And so Wilson was only throwing left. So I would imagine he goes right back early and often. The only worry and question is this offense, because despite Wilson's 9.8 yards per attempt last week and, and his always efficient deep throw, do they actually put their foot on the gas and try to keep up via the pass? Because they never do. Only yeah. 20 attempts despite his efficiency last week. Yeah, so. I was I was frustrated with that because I had a lot of rust last week. And it was just like it's the dude like what does he gotta do to throw the ball more? Like I don't understand. It's not really? even fair because he's so great. Yes. They they literally withhold his they jar his greatness and force him to like slowly leak it out throughout the year. Okay, so Chris Carson, um, Nick, are we interested in Chris Carson this week? Are we going to go back to him against Pittsburgh? I mean, absolutely. I mean, he's always in play. He, he just dominates the snaps in this backfield. So, I mean, any guy that you're getting a workforce back, we're trying to avoid these running back committees and, and, and daily fantasy. So, anytime you're getting a guy in that spot, Rashad Penny's just not playing. He just he, he doesn't show anything. Wasted first round pick. So. I like Carson this spot. I think this game goes over over the 46-point total. It's probably going to be bet up before the weekend. So, I mean, any pieces of the, both these teams, I like a lot. It is funny. You mentioned Rashard Penny. Like, are, how does Rashard Penny still have truthers? Because there are 100% people out there that are just like, no, 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 I think this was the year that Rashard Penny is going to do it. And the dude, just year after year, all we hear in the offseason is, oh, Rashard Penny, he is falling farther and farther behind Chris Carson on the depth chart. And it's just, I don't know. John, you're not a Rashard Penny truther, are you? There's another. Oh, no. Daigle is a backup running back truther. I, well, yeah, I kind of do like backup running back. I just don't like some starters. That's all it is. So I just buy their backup. Handcuffer. Yeah, but not Rashad Penny. Like, can't you find somebody else? Like, I There's enough carries in that offense to go around. The difference is usually coach speak fails, and coach speak actually struck this time, and Chris Carson getting a career-high seven targets. Like, he caught passes for a change. That's the only difference. And so now Penny basically stays off the field all time. So and, that's what, and that's what keeps Carson's floor in, in fantasy, man. If he's getting those targets every week, that considerably raises his floor, and, and he can go out on the road and be a, a, an awesome play in DFS, even if the, the Seahawks are going to be um, trailing in these games. All right, let's talk about some of these rookie wide receivers, because I can't remember a week one where so many rookies just absolutely went off. Obviously, Marquise Brown, a big game. Terry McLaurin came out, had a big game. DK Metcalf was involved. AJ Brown had a decent game. He got in the box. Um, I know I'm missing one, and I'm sure you guys are going to correct me. But, Nick, what rookie wide receiver was most impressive to you? Man, I think Terry McLaurin was was up there, played over 90% of the snaps, made an awesome sideline catch. I mean, his his 70-yard touchdown was even his best catch. I mean, he'd have made this skying grab over a decent defensive back and should have had another 73-yard touchdown. I mean, he's going to be playing every snap in this offense. This offense is going to be chasing points every week. Um, the running game just not looking not looking promising. Darius Geis is hurt again. Uh, Adrian Peterson is on, on his fu- on fumes right now. So I like I like McLaurin. He was he was special to me last week. What about you, John? What rookie impressed you the most? 
Uh, I would like to play devil's advocate, but I can't because it was Terry McLaurin. Doubled up Paul Richardson in air yards, the team clear-cut downfield threat, and whiffed, or he didn't whiff, I should say, Keenum whiffed on a wide-open 73-yard touchdown that would have put McLaurin over the 200-yard 2TD mark. So uh, whether he can sustain that in that offense, whether Case Keenum can sustain that, I don't think it matters, actually, because even if Haskins gets in, like they'll find a connection. Uh, I also thought A.J. Brown looked incredible. Yep. That's one, though, that I do fear, especially with another solid wide receiver and Corey Davis, who is inconsistent, but he's still pretty good. Um, I do wonder if he can actually keep up that in that offense. And, and Tajay Sharp outsnapped uh, A.J. Brown in week one still. That's, that, that's always going to cool. pose a problem. That cannot that's happen. Yeah. Like, the, the, come on, Tennessee. I know you guys are kind of dumb down there, but you guys got to – A.J. Brown looked like a house running. Oh, he's huge, man. Marquise Brown massive. also looked amazing. There is no way, by the way, that Marquise Brown is going to only have 12 snaps again next week. I've heard some people talk about, oh, you got to be careful with Marquise. He only had 12 snaps. The dude just went off. Like, Nick, wow. there is no way that Marquise only gets 12 snaps. He's got to become a higher – part of this offense right i mean even if he only plays like 20 this week it's still this secondary is just and for the cardinals still without patrick peterson still without robert alford the top two cornerbacks so man it's it's i don't want to chase i don't want to feel like i'm point chasing with him but like the spot is just so glorious again i, I mean he's going to be high owned and then if you don't play him and he goes off again you're you're screwed again so i, I, don't, I don't know how to treat him and yeah, get ready I, it, go ahead john I said, just get ready for this to be a problem each and every week. Because if you look at the Ravens' schedule at Chiefs, against the Browns, at the Steelers, against the Bengals, at Seattle, and then they have a bye and then come back against the Patriots. Like, Lamar, that's why Lamar Jackson was such a good pick and why he's a top DFS option, because their schedule allows for so many voluminous shootouts every week. Yeah, and John, you know, we were, ta- we're talking about Marquise Brown, of course. Lamar Jackson looked legit. Like those throws down the field. I know I've heard some people say, oh, well, it was the Dolphins defense. Big those throws were legit down the field. If you didn't come away impressed by Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, like that's on you. That's on no one's else. Cause he was awesome. And we only got like two and a half quarters, a quarter of concerted Lamar Jackson. Like if the Cardinals can keep up, and I, I do genuinely think they can, besides the nearly two t- touchdown favorite that the Ravens are uh, playing like it's going to be a fun game and we saw and we saw Lamar do this without running the ball whatsoever he had 76 Mm -hmm. yards on the ground per game last week as a starter and he ran the ball like two or three times in this game and it was mainly because he was like forced out of the pocket and saw nothing downfield so he just took off but there were like no designed runs yeah, I feel kind of dumb for not seeing the Lamar Jackson, hey, dude, I can throw the football game against the Dolphins coming. But, I mean, five touchdowns, I don't think anybody saw that one coming. But like you said, if they keep this close, he's going to start running more. And then from a fantasy per- perspective, watch out. And, you know, that's just one of the week one takeaways. Nick, what are some of your other big-time week one takeaways that you say, hey, maybe I wasn't expecting that, but, hey, I want to make sure I remember it. Uh, let's go to Daigle first on this one, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with something here. All right, go for it, John. Going out to you, Daigle. Oh, I would just say that do not – you can stick to your gun still in week two. Like, if you had an educated lean on something, on an offense, then that's totally okay to go right back to it. Like, I still think Washington can't protect Case Keenum. Like I said, I'm I'm not worried about McLaurin long-term, but I just don't think their offensive line is strong. Um, I do still have – I'm still the only person that says this, but I think Daryl Henderson gets involved in the coming weeks. So uh, if, if you still believe something, you can go back to it, especially in DFS. Like, do not fade or do not chase high games. It's okay. 
Okay. And so I, th- I think my favorite thing I watched in week one was probably the Bengals offense. I mean, they yeah. came in, everyone was like, oh, this offensive line is, is trash. They're not, they're not gonna be able to protect Dalton. All coach Zach Taylor's drawing up quick passes, yep. scheming, scheming protections to keep him, keep him on his feet. And that John Ross was just mm. so fun to watch in that game. And like, he was the most fun player I watched in week one. I mean, I hope he can stay healthy. I hope he keeps us up in this spot against the 49ers at home in Cincinnati, uh, 49ers coming to cross country for 1 p.m. Eastern start. John Ross's speed against Richard Sherman, who's over 30 years old, has torn Achilles in his recent recent career path. Um, Akella Witherspoon's a bigger cornerback who who handled himself well against bigger receivers, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans last week. But I'm I'm looking to see how John Ross's speed plays in this game. I think probably gonna have a lot of John Ross this week. So are you are you a believe you're a believer in John Ross? Then uh, John, are you? Absolutely. If you watch the game, you can tell the offense schemes him open. Like he is allowed to do what he does best, use that first round pedigree and four two speed to just get open deep. And despite his line being amazing, he was their number one and only downfield target. Uh, he left a lot on the field because he is still going through the motions and he still makes some boneheaded plays. But man, they they are leaning on him so heavily without AJ Green. Like he's a he's a star as long as AJ Green is out. Dude, he looked he looked like Brandon Cooks to me. Like watching him, he was like, "This dude looks like Brandon Cooks." The way he's like getting targets in that offense, that Rams centric offense. I mean, it it was scary how identical they looked. And that's the role he's going to play. You know, yeah. he's going to play that Brandon Cooks role. And obviously, he took it and uh, ran with it in Week One. And watch out! I can't believe I'm saying this. Watch out when AJ Green returns. Let's I mean, never mind. I'm pumping the brakes on the bag. Let's <laughs> a freaking bag. All right, sneaky game stack. John, we've talked about some of the highest totals out there. Obviously, the Saints game you know, the Chiefs game. We talked about Pittsburgh at Seattle. What are some of your under-the-radar games that you think might shoot out? I mean, it, it is one of them, the Niners and Bengals, especially if the Niners actually come to the table. If we get Dante Pettis at full snaps in that offense as opposed to two snaps and then random quotes about calf injuries that were never existed, uh, it's, it's kind of scary because it is the lowest total, one of the lowest totals in the slate. But if Gardner Minshew can show up against this Texans defense that isn't good at all, um, that could be interesting. And then also the uh, – this is a long shot, but if the Dolphin can somehow protect Ryan Fitzpatrick, then uh, maybe, maybe we get enough production out of Miami that New England keeps running up the score. All right. I mean, I – we isn't Miami the team that every single year seems to hang with New England just yes. completely randomly. I, and I know 18 and a half point favorites in week two just never happens, but I, I keep having this mental image of Miami hanging on to like these 17 to 20 games where they're still going to lose, but it ends up close. Nick, you're just looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> it's not going to be close. I mean, come on. It's, this game's not going to be close whatsoever. I think yeah, this could be a Sony Michelle week. Though. I would, man, Sony Michelle just did nothing last year. He got 14 or 15 carries and had like, 14 or 15 yards on those 14 or 15 carries. I mean, that was severely depressing for me. I played a lot of Michelle on, on that, uh, on that um, main uh, Sunday night, Monday night slate. Mm-hmm. So that hurt me pretty bad, but the game I'm looking at for uh, sneaky stack purposes. I like this bills giants game. I know Dega was poo poo and uh, Saquon Barkley as a, as an RB as a top one running back play. But uh, if Sterling Shepard doesn't play, I mean, I don't know how, Barkley doesn't get 30, 35 touches, and then Ingram doesn't see Evan Ingram doesn't see 12 to 15 targets. And then on the opposite side, you got Josh Allen, who's always a candidate to be the t- top scorer on the slate anytime he plays, and especially against a man defense like the Giants run. They turn their back to the defense to the offense a lot. So 
Allen can escape for plenty of runs. He had 10, design, 10 runs last week, 38 yards, a rushing touchdown, and turned the ball, ball over four times in the first half and still finished as a top 16 fantasy quarterback. So I like him throwing the ball to John Brown. I mean, we saw Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper running through this uh, Cowboys or this Giants uh, pass defense last week. So I like John Brown a lot in this spot too. And you mentioned Josh Allen, the price on him at just 5.3K. Those savings, you can really do a lot yeah. with those savings. There are a lot of really good quarterback plays from Lamar Jackson to Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen's too cheap. We talked about Russ and Ben. There are a lot of really good quarterback plays this week, but I think I'm with you. I like Josh Allen, and I do like pairing with John Brown. I was banging the drum for John Brown before the season. I think he's going to be a top 20 wide receiver this year. And uh, week one, he sure showed it. And I think this match against the Giants – a lot to like here. So, John, what do you think about this game? Are you liking the Bills and the Giants? Yeah, honestly, I, I didn't think about the trickle-down effect of targets going to Barkley as well. That's that's a good call by Nick. I was probably a little too harsh on Barkley. Um, but it's more or less that, like, I am so in love and infatuated with Kamara as that spot, top spot. When I knock on Barkley this week, it's more or less saying, hey, he's top four, top three, no, but not number one. Um, so what does that matter? He's still a great play. I mean, they got blown out and he still got 120 rushing yards because it's their only option. That's all they can do. So if Shepard's out, I love Ingram, but yes, Barkley is, Barkley's a good play. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't see this game blowing out at all like it did in Dallas. So I suspect this one to stay pretty close. You know, and I will say just looking at roster construction this week, this is not a week to try and save money at running back. You've got Zeke against the Redskins, even if he's only playing 60-40, which, again, I don't buy, but we'll have to see what's going on. you got Saquon against the Bills. You've got um, Kamara. There are a lot of really great high-end running back plays, so I don't – I'm not going to – John, I ain't going to be trying to save money at running back this week. I agree. I'm with it's, you. It's not like last week where we had Austin Eckler super cheap as, like, a, a we knew he was going to get a ton of touches. Like, this, this week on FanDuel, I mean – you're digging down for like Matt Breida at 5,600, like relying on that maybe as like a, a play at running back if you're trying to get cute. But if Joe Mixon sits out, you got Giovanni Bernard at 5,700. But I'm, I'm with you guys, man. I, it's going to be hard not to pay off for running back this week. We had somebody in the chat wanting us to talk about the Bears and the Broncos and um, just no, I'm not going to do it. That just doesn't sound fun at all. Instead. Aren't the Broncos like 22 and one their last, like whatever opening games at home? It's something – Insane. Yeah, I don't know. But I heard that stat somewhere yeah. too. This Broncos team is the bottom five team in football. Yeah, you got, you not got, including the XFL. Like this team is <laughs> terrible. You got you got two backfields that can't decide who they want to give the ball to, and then you got like one good receiver on the Bears and Allen Robinson, and then he's got a, a much more difficult matchup, I would say. But oh man, I mean, in that game, I don't even know who I would want to play. I mean, there's probably nobody. Maybe both defenses. I love. Yeah, you know who you want to play. Defenses, both defenses. Yeah. Yeah, both defenses look really nice. Oh, I mean, it is, it's a two-defense game. For yeah. Sure. Absolutely. All right, guys, we got to get off here. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks for all the world for, uh, you know, putting us on. Nick, it's been a pleasure. John, it's been a pleasure. Make sure you stay tuned because we've got the PFF show with Britt Devine and the Pro Football Focus guys coming up next. Thanks for joining us. I'm Eric. We'll see you all later. Peace.